Listen to It Fizz. Alka-Seltzer for headache. Alka-Seltzer for acid indigestion. Alka-Seltzer for cold discomfort. Alka-Seltzer presents... The Quiz Kids. Ding, ding. Let's have your attention, class. Here's today's first question. In what way are fingerprints and snowflakes alike? I wonder how many of you listeners know the answer to that question. And I also wonder, where's the bell, Joe? <laughs> well, you have a second or so to think it over while the youngsters here in our classroom get ready for roll call. And here they are, friends, the Quiz Kids and the chief quizzer himself, Joe Kelly. <laughs> Thank you, Bob Murphy, and hello, everyone. Well, children, on this first Quiz Kids school day of 1949, let's resolve right here and now to dig into our Alka-Seltzer question box and just see how many questions and answers we can chalk up this afternoon. Here we go with roll call. Joel? I'm Joel Kupperman. I'm 12 years old in 8th grade in the Volta School. Patrick? I'm Patrick Owen Conlon. I'm 11 years old in 7B at the Fort Dearborn School in Chicago. Ruthie? I'm Ruthie Duskin. I'm 14 years old and in 3B at South Shore. Naomi? I'm Naomi Cooks. I'm 10 years old and in the 6th grade at Grover Cleveland School, Chicago. And Mark? I'm Mark Newman. I'm 8 years old and 3rd grade at the University of Chicago Laboratory School. And now, kids, let's get back to that first question from Mildred Spencer of Chattanooga, Tennessee. In what way are fingerprints and snowflakes alike? We have uh, four hands up and Patrick's hand was up first. All right, Pat. Well, uh, in fingerprints, you have four rolls. And in snowflakes, you have whirls, so that might be alike in that. They both, uh... Well, now, that's a, that's a very good answer. However, the answer I have on my card here, I'd like to get this if I could. Joe? Well, there's a lot... If you uh, put a fingerprint in a snowflake under a microscope, you find there's a lot of little markings under it. I believe there's the same amount of uh, kinds of snowflakes as there is of fingerprints. Well... I mean, six kinds of each, I think it well, is. Well, let's see. We have two more hands. Uh, Ruthie... Well, uh, no two people have the same fingerprints, and no two snowflakes have the same pattern. That's the answer. That's right. <laughs> and that sends us off to a flying start quiz, kids. Now, for sending in that question, Alka-Seltzer gives Mildred Spencer of Chattanooga, Tennessee, a fine Zenith transoceanic shortwave portable radio, the most outstanding portable on the market today. Now, that's always Alka-Seltzer's reward when the quiz kids answer your question correctly. If they miss... Alka-Seltzer sends you a big Zenith radio phonograph combination with the new Cobra Tone Arm, two FM bands, the whole works. And this set is a real beauty. So try your hand at stumping these youngsters. Send your questions to Quiz Kids Chicago. Now, according to Lee R. Degner of Milwaukee, Wisconsin, this is the season for returning and exchanging presents. See if you children can tell what is being exchanged in these situations. To score, you must get two out of three on this. Big Sister had wanted an elite, not a pica. Ruthie. A typewriter. Typewriter is correct. Big Brother wanted a three-finger instead of a two-finger. Patrick. Well, that might be uh, a baseball glove. Well, now, wait a minute, uh, Ruthie. A bowling ball. A bowling ball is right, uh-huh. And Kid Brother did not want figure. He wanted tubular. Naomi. Ice skates. Ice skates. Correct, uh-huh. Say, we're just scooting right along here, aren't we? Here's a musical geography quiz from Lois P. Anderson of Quincy, Illinois. 
Howard Peterson will play part of a song, and you children are to tell in what state you would be if you were where the song suggests. Howard? Patrick? Well, that's way down upon the Swanee River, yes. for old folks at home. So? And I think the Swanee River is in South Carolina. Well? Or it's in the southern state, I know. Joe? Well, it uh, flows through Georgia and Florida. That's right. Absolutely right. Florida and Georgia. Now then, uh, in order to get where this next song indicates, what state border would you cross, Howard? <laughs> All right, kids, what's the name of that uh, tune? Uh... Le Joe? Isn't that something about Highway 66 or something? No. <laughs> Let's have it again, Howard, and leave the castanets out, man. Uh, Ruthie? I think that's about Indiana. No, honey, no. Patrick? Isn't that Sierra Madre? Or no, no, huh? no. Are we getting warm, though? <laughs> getting warm. Uh, the, uh... You give up on that one? Do you give up on that one? Well, the name of that is, uh, no hands up as yet. I want to give you a chance on this. Uh, Ruthie? Well, I don't know, but the way your, your voice sounds, I think it must be a trick. Maybe it's about Illinois. <laughs> no, no, it isn't. It's, uh, it's south of the border. Oh. So, naturally, Patrick... Well, it'll be the border between Mexico and Texas. Well, uh, well yes. Uh, the uh -huh. Rio Grande. Yes, and uh, Joel? Well, the uh, Mexico borders... Uh, it borders uh, Arizona, New Mexico, and Texas. Yes, and what other states? And California. California. Lower California. Uh -huh. Well, let's see if we can get this third one. Uh, Howard will play two songs this time, and you are to tell what mountains you would cross to get from one place to the other mentioned in the two song titles. All right, Howard. <laughs> Well, the first one is my old Kentucky home. Right. And uh, the second one's old Virginia. Uh, so you'd have to cross the Blue, uh, Blue Ridge Mountains, I believe. No, no. No, Naomi? The Appalachian Mountains. That's right, yes. Uh -huh, the Appalachian Mountains. Last Sunday, you uh, children told of New Year's resolutions you plan to make, and uh, now Mrs. B. Martin of Detroit, Michigan, has an idea that there are a number of birds and animals that might improve their manners. She wants you to give a New Year's resolution that these creatures might make. Uh, first, the Canada Jay. Mark? The Canada Jay is known to be a camp robber, and so it should stop robbing things from campers. Yeah, they steal things and carry them off, uh-huh. And uh, <clears throat> uh, what resolution might the shrew make? Mark again. The shrew is the smallest mammal in North America, and it eats about two or three times its weight in one day, so it should stop eating so much. Yes, it just can't seem to get enough to eat, can it? Uh-huh. Now, what might be a resolution for the orange garden spider? Mark? The orange garden... Spider, when it is a baby, eats the um, other its brothers and sisters up, so it should resolve not to 
eat, eat their brothers and sisters up. That's right. Yes, that would be a good resolution. Now, before we consider this next one from Alka-Seltzer's question box, here's Bob Murphy to point out that to get this new year off to a good start, you'll want to be feeling your best, friends, and you certainly don't want a headache or acid indigestion to interfere with the plans you've made. So I have a suggestion. Check your Alka-Seltzer supply. Yes, make sure you have plenty on hand. Alka-Seltzer contains one of the world's most effective pain relievers. And because it's already dissolved before you take it, Alka-Seltzer's right ready to give you the fast, effective relief you want. You bet Alka-Seltzer's soothing analgesic can make quick work of a headache, give you amazingly fast relief. And in the case of acid indigestion, Alka-Seltzer's alkalizing properties act to neutralize and reduce gastric hyperacidity. So I repeat, friends, you'll be wise to check your Alka-Seltzer supply, and make sure you have plenty on hand. It's always a good idea to buy that extra package of Alka-Seltzer, too. Yes, with that extra package on the side, the household's always well supplied. Well, kids, you all ready for some more questions? All right, here we go. Helen Braden of Chicago points out that these common expressions that you are apt to hear every day are also found in Shakespeare. Can you tell in what play you would find them? The first one is, Dog Will Have His Day. Joel? Well, I believe that's in Hamlet. That's right. It is in Hamlet. Uh-huh. And the rest of it is, uh, let Hercules himself do what he may. The cat will mew and dog will have his day. And the next one is, it was Greek to me. Naomi? That's from Julius Caesar. That's right. Uh-huh. Yes, it goes, uh, but for my own part, it was Greek to me. And here's the last one, uh, Joel. What? Well, uh, uh, that uh, the part, you know... You see, that happened when uh, Brutus and Cassius were outside the stadium, and they didn't know what was happening inside, so they asked uh, the one of the men that came out to tell what was happening, and they, he told of what was happening, that uh, there were long speeches and everything, but he said it was Greek to me because he didn't understand Greek, and later that came to uh, mean anybody that didn't know uh, any language would say, well, that's Greek to me. Uh-huh, that's right. Very good, Joel. Thanks a lot. And this last one here, one loved not wisely but too well. Joel? Well, that's Othello's dying statement in Othello. That's right. Absolutely. Uh-huh. Well, Miss Nara Evans of uh, Mount Horeb, Wisconsin, is sure all you quiz kids are kind to animals, but she wonders if you can name three nursery rhymes in which someone was not kind to some animal. Ruthie? Well, it was uh, Tom Tom, the piper's son who stole a pig, and away he run. Yes. And, um... Well, what did he... Uh, how was he unkind to the well, pig? Well, he stole the pig. Oh, I see. Uh-huh. <coughs> yeah, well, I... All right. And, uh... Patrick? Well, ding dong dell, pussy in the well, who put him in? Yes. Little Tommy Finn, who pulled him out, little Tommy Stout. Yeah. And, uh. Hmm? Well, that's, uh, that's very <laughs> good. Uh, uh, Mark? When Mother Goose rolled on a gander, and that probably made the gander uncomfortable. Yes, I, yes, I imagine uh, he was quite uncomfortable. And, uh, Joel? Well, pardon me, but on that uh, question about Ding Dong, they pussies in the well, I think Johnny Green put the uh, cat in. Well, uh, how about that, Pat? Well, uh, maybe there are two versions, uh, but uh, in my version, there was the stout and the thin. Uh-huh. Maybe well, it was I green and brown. Possibly, I don't know. You know, there are several versions yes, of different well. things nowadays, and possibly you're right, and uh, Joel was right, uh, too, in his uh, case. Ruthie? Well, and then uh, I don't know that this is exactly a nursery rhyme, but there's Who Kills Cock Robin. 
Well, yeah, well, we'll accept that one. Yes, that, that's all right. Those were all very good kids. Now, uh, Mrs. John Guter, Robstown, Texas, says she hears so much these days about radioactive atoms, and she wants to know why they seem to be so important. Can you name any peaceful use that uh, radioactive atoms have, Joel? Well, in uh, medicine, I believe uh, radioactive salt uh, uh, can uh, cure people of different diseases, and uh, I think cancer, it's uh, being tried out on cancer now. And also on uh, criminals, I'm not sure, but if they swallow some radioactive salt, then uh, anybody that has a Geiger counter, when they come near a criminal, it uh, clicks and they know they're near a criminal. <laughs> well, how do you like that now? What do you know about that? And Ruthie? Well, uh, the, the uh, main way that the uh, radioactive atoms are used for disease is that... Um, if, if they uh, put a little, oh, for instance, radioactive uh, uh, salt in a person's food and then uh, they, they swallow it, then uh, the guy or counter can trace exactly where the food goes so that if a person has cancer, they'll know where the source of it is. And if they have uh, trouble with their thyroid, any, any kind of trouble like that, they can, source, they can trace where the food is going. Mm -hmm. And, of course, of course uh, the actual um, atomic energy which is released from the radioactive uh, atoms either artificially or naturally, that can be used oh, for energy to propel ships around the world when it would take um, millions of tons of coal That's or right. oil. Yes, uh-huh. And Patrick? Well, I was going to say that uh, the atomic energy uh, can be used for, uh, for heat and for to driving any, uh, almost any vehicle. Well, I, I think that is to come as yet, uh, Pat, but the chances are that's what will be happening one of these days. Well, that's uh, very, very interesting, kids. Now, Alan uh, Sweeney of San Antonio, Texas, points out that there are quite a number of countries other than our own that have presidents at the head of their governments. Can you tell what countries these presidents serve? The first one is President Vincent Orion. Patrick? Well, that's France. France, that's right. And how about General Juan Domingo Peron. Naomi? That would be Argentina. Argentina. And uh, lastly, Dr. Carlos Prio Socorros. Naomi? That would be Cuba. Cuba is correct. Now, kids, try your originality on this question from Mrs. Blythe Sears of Amarillo, Texas. Can you give a synonym for the word complaint that would be in keeping with the following men's professions? For instance, a football player would not complain, he would kick. See? That's the idea. Now, what would uh, what would a butcher do? Joel? He'd beef. He'd beef. He certainly would. Uh-huh. And how about a fisherman? What would a fisherman do in the way of complaining? How would he complain? A fisherman. No hands up. A fisherman? You give up on this one? I've got uh, a couple of answers on my card here. Uh, one is... Uh, he would uh, wail. That's uh, stretching things a little bit. Uh, Patrick? Well, uh, you uh, might use this in a different way. Fisherman usually uses a rowboat, so he might raise a row. Or <laughs> <R> O W. <laughs> That's all right. And Naomi? Well, you could distort the word real and say he'd rile. He'd rile? Well, all right, yes, we could do that. And then, of course, we could say that he would crab. So that would uh, take care of his complaint, too, wouldn't it? Now, uh, this question is from Mrs. Alvin J. Wakeland of Pine Bluff, Arkansas. In each of the following operas, there is a prayer. Who sings it? First, Verdi's Othello. Who sings the prayer? Joel? 
I be- believe Othell does when no. he's... Uh... No, sorry, Joel. Pat? I think it's Desdemona. Who Desdemona, says that's right. Uh-huh. And in uh, Gruno's Faust, who sings the prayer, Patrick? Well, Marguerite does. Marguerite, right. Uh, here's one of those plain old arithmetic problems that came right out of the textbook and had the whole class stumped. In fact, there was the least bit of doubt in the teacher's mind. Finally, one of the pupils, M. Buckley of this city, decided to see if you quiz kids could work it out. Of course, you children will be at a little disadvantage because you have no paper or pencil, but just for fun, I'll let you struggle with it and see how it comes out. Now, listen. Two men were walking in opposite directions along a railroad track at the rate of three miles per hour. A train took five seconds to pass the man walking against the train and six seconds to pass the man walking along with the train. How long was the train? Joel? Well, I think the first thing to do would be to, uh, well, to find the speed of the train. So the relative speed of the train walking, uh, I mean, passing the man walking in the same direction would be, uh, let's see, it would be X minus uh, 3 miles per hour. And with the man walking the same direction, X plus 3, X plus 3 over X minus 3 would uh, be equal to 6 over 5. So that would be 6X plus 8 minus 18 equals 5X plus 15. X equals 33. The train's 33 miles uh, an hour fast. And so uh, the relative speed of the train walk, uh, passing the man walking in the same direction would be 30 miles an hour, or 44 feet per second, 6 seconds, so 44 times 6 would be 264 feet would be train's length. Right on the nose! <laughs> 264 feet. That's correct, Joe. Now, I understand that Bob Murphy has something to say about New Year's resolution, so before we get into this next question, Bob, let's have that word of advice. Well, well it isn't advice at all, Joe. Uh, before we went on the air, uh, we were talking about New Year's resolutions, remember? Sure. Well, all I said was that this week would be the testing time for all those fine New Year's resolutions we all made. Well, I can tell you this, Mr. Murphy. Our family is going to carry out at least one of the good resolutions we made, I'm going to see that we do. You certainly sound determined. Oh, I am. The minute a member of my family starts getting a cold, I'm going to see to it that they start doing something about it. Well, since this is the season for colds, that's a very wise idea. And for that something to do about colds, of course, you'll remember Alka-Seltzer and have plenty on hand all of the time. Alka-Seltzer? Oh, uh, you mean Alka-Seltzer's ABC Cold Comfort Treatment. Say, that is an idea. Uh... Uh, Let me think. How does that go? A? Stands for Alka-Seltzer. Start taking it at once for that ache-all-over feverish feeling of your cold. And B means? Be wise. Beware of drafts. Be careful of your diet. Dress sensibly. And be sure to get more rest than usual. Oh, yes. And C? C stands for comfort. The comfort you can give a sore, raspy throat just by gargling with Alka-Seltzer. That does sound simple, doesn't it? It's as easy as ABC and really effective. So just remember, when you begin to sniffle and sneeze, start Alka-Seltzer's ABCs. Get Alka-Seltzer at any drugstore. Mrs. R. Scott of San Francisco, California, has read about a new publication called Good News Bulletin, which prints only good news. 
it will have nothing whatever to do with bad news. Now, the news during the last year has been generally depressing, but looking back over 1948, can you children recall some of the good news of the year, Ruthie? Well, first of all, one of the biggest things was the Marshall Plan, uh, the aid to Europe, which is coming along very nicely, and that's one of the greatest humanitarian ventures there's ever been. And then there was the UN Bill of Human Rights, which just came out. And um, if, if countries really strive to follow that, the world should be a better place. And all of, there was the, the Berlin Airlift, which was uh, uh, very helpful. And, oh gosh, there were, there were lots of other things. Well, I should say so. You gave us some very important ones there, too. Patrick? Well, I can name some. Uh, Princess Elizabeth's baby was born and the freedom of Ireland. Yeah, is, uh, <laughs> freedom of Ireland. Oh, sure. It's a very good Sorry, thing. Yes. And the freedom uh, of some other countries and the ECA. And uh, some people think that a good thing was being Truman getting elected. Yes, uh-huh. That's right. Some of them are right here, too. <laughs> Joel? Uh, well, the Italian elections uh, were uh, good because the uh, U.S. Uh, won those elections. And also, in uh, Newport, I believe, uh, there was started a move to cut all prices 10%, and that was pretty good news. And then there was the birth of Israel. And uh, then, uh, well, let's see. Well, there was birth of uh, Queen Elizabeth's baby. Yes, uh-huh. And, uh, well, Naomi? Well, I think one of the great humanitarian things that happened during 1948 was the freeing of the 19 million untouchables in India. Uh-huh. Yes, that's right. Well, uh, I, I, I guess we had a lot of good news in 1948, and I hope we have just as much and possibly more in 1949 as we go along. Betty Lou Carson of Seattle, Washington, has made up several jingles, and each one refers to a war, which you kids are to identify. You must get two out of three on this. Uh, here's an easy one to start you off. This ancient war you should recall from a flower known to you all. Joel? Well, that was the War of Roses in England uh, right. between uh, the, York, the houses of York and Lancaster. That's right, the War of Roses. Uh -huh. Now, the name of this crap should come in a wink. The clue is a male hog. Now, can you think? The clue is a male hog. Now, can you think? What war? Ruthie? Well, it might have been um, this last war because the Germans were always calling other people swine. <laughs> <laughs> well, no. Uh, Joel? Well, it was the Boer War because uh, the Boer Republic, I believe it was uh, between the Boer Republic and England around the turn of the 20th century. Well, it was the Boer War and the South African War, 1899 to 1902. Now, here, uh, here's the last one. A hint to a war you'll find in this rhyme, a bell, a ring, six feet, and time. What war? A bell, a ring, six feet, and time. The name of a war. Patrick? Well, it might be the uh, Hundred Years War. Because that's time, certainly is. Well, uh, no, not in this particular case. Uh, what war would it be? A bell, a ring, six feet, and time. Now, uh, those are all good clues there for you. You give up on this? Well, it would be the boxer uprising. Oh. A bell, a ring, six feet, 
the four feet of the fighters and the two feet of the referee and time, of course. <laughs> well, we only asked for two out of three on this, so you gave me two out of three. Now then, Mildred Smith of Hoagland, uh, Indiana, wants to know what you children think is necessary to develop a winning personality. In other words, how should a boy or girl behave, or what should he do to have lots of friends? We'll start off with uh, Ruthie. Well, one thing is to always be thinking of others instead of how you feel. And that way you'll, you'll always be interested in others, and that makes you a more interesting person. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, a good, another good way is always to smile because you always look more, um, more approachable that way, and people want to get to meet you. That's right. You can never go wrong with a great big old smile. Joel? Well, the best way to get friends is to have no enemies. I mean, uh, uh, well, always try to get points. Uh, and when you uh, do have friends, uh, say, over at your house, and you want to keep them, you always try to do what they want and, uh, you know, uh, do it their way. That's right. Please the uh, majority. And, uh, Patrick? Well, you, you should be courteous and friendly and kind. And, uh, as Joel said, try not to make any enemies. And uh, be good in your schoolwork so the teachers will like you. Oh, yes, yes. Take part in the activities of the neighborhood and, and sort of help your friends along if they have any trouble. Yes, huh? And uh, Mark? You should follow the golden rule. Follow the golden rule. Wisely spoken, uh-huh. And uh, Naomi? Well, you shouldn't let anything bother you if, uh, people, if people tease you or something. You should just let it go and, and not pay any attention to, any attention to them instead of trying to pay them back. Oh, yes. Well, now, that's, that's good logic, too. Yes, that's, that's all right, Naomi. Fine. Well, those were all good ideas, kids. Now, uh, <clears throat> let's see. Here's, uh, here's a new way to play anagrams. Uh, Mrs. W.B. Moore of Millsap, Texas, wants you to spell three words by using the initial of a state capital with the initial of its state. For instance, the initials of Salem, Oregon, spell S. Oh, you get the idea? Now, you try to think of uh, some. Three letters. Ruthie? Well, Springfield, Illinois, that could spell is. Uh, Springfield? Well, Illinois and Springfield, you reverse it. Well, yes, it would have to be uh, reversed. Uh, Joel? Annapolis, Maryland, am. Am? Or am, yes, that's Mm -hmm. right. Pat? Well, as far as that goes, in uh, what Ruthie said, uh, S-I would be C, and that is in Spanish language, yes. Well, say, now you've got something there, uh, amigo. Had <laughs> Joel? Austin, Texas, at, uh, and um, Albany, New, New York, that would be either be Ann uh-huh. or any. Yes. And, uh, let's see. All right, Joel, have you thought uh, of that? Uh, uh, Augusta, Maine would be another Ann. Ann, uh-huh. And, uh... Pat, you had your hand up. No, I was thinking of something else. Oh, I see. Uh Uh-huh. Uh-oh. Well, of course, you all know what that school bell means. It's time to put this question to our judges who won today's Battle of Brains. They'll have the answer for us in just a minute. And while we're waiting, here's an important message about one-a-day brand vitamins. Have you had your vitamins today? Are you giving your family the protection of one-a-day brand multiple vitamins for the winter months ahead? You buy winter coats and warm clothing as insurance against winter weather, but by all means, remember your wintertime vitamin insurance, too. Can you be sure that your diet is not low in vitamins? Don't take chances. Be sure. Take one one one-a-day brand multiple vitamin capsule every day this winter. Easy to take, low in cost. 
That large family-sized package of 120 capsules costs only $3 and a half. The 60-capsule package, only $2. So ask your druggist for one-a-day brand multiple vitamin capsules. All right, now, quiz kids, here are your grades. But remember, whether you win or lose, you will each receive a $100 security bond from the makers of Alka-Seltzer to help you with your future education. And keep this in mind, too. In totaling the scores, the judges take your age into consideration as well as the number of correct answers you gave. And they find that as a class, you, uh, you only missed one question this afternoon. And uh, Joel was first, Patrick second, and let's see, Naomi, Ruthie, and Mark tied for third. Well, what do you know about that? That means all five of you will be back in our classroom next week. And now, from our sponsor, the Miles Laboratories, and all the folks connected with the Quiz Kids program, I want to wish all you folks listening in a healthy and a happy new year. And plan to be in school next week, won't you? Until then, this is Joe Kelly dismissing the Quiz Kids. Goodbye, kids. Bye, Bye Miss Kelly. <laughs> kids every week and listen to Alka-Seltzer's News of the World every Monday through Friday on most of these NBC stations. And folks, in closing, I'd like to recall a simple fact to you, that the name of the country you live in is the United States. That word united has built this country to what it is. A united America will keep it what it is. In the days ahead, we can no more face the world as individuals or groups of individuals than the 13 colonies could have long ago. If we are not united among ourselves, free of prejudice, group against group, how can we face the rest of the world? It's something to think about. The United States must be a united America. This is Bob Murphy speaking.